I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. You'll never, ever hear me say that you, the real you, is anything but good. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are here. We are crying in our beers about season ten. Actually, you know, this is this is a weird one for me, Chris, because this isn't a particularly sad finale. Like they've really been tearjerkers uh, in the past, but this one is just more like moving some pieces around. There's some sad like stuff that happens, but at the uh-huh. end, it's like, oh, what the fuck is more than anything? Right? Yeah, I think it moves a little bit too fast to be sad. True. Um, yeah. Which isn't which isn't a criticism. It's just moving. This episode's moving fast. I agree. It's it goes very quickly. It's one of my favorite finales. I think mm-hmm. um, it's a good one. I wasn't expecting to when I saw that death was in it. And I and as I always say, I've seen these a lot of these episodes before. I don't necessarily remember them, but like when I'm making my notes and I'm starting to copy and paste stuff in there, like the very first one, it was like, oh, death is in this, and I was like, oh yeah, they keep bringing that dude back, and I never like it when they do that. Um, but I thought he was pretty fucking dope in this episode. Yeah, and I had no idea. I, I didn't see the road so far. Although I don't think they show him in the road so far anyway, because I did actually go back and watch it. Um, I thought they did. Because be this is more of like the season highlight, you know? Yeah. And I feel like it's se- season finale of season 10, nobody has to, like Supernatural shouldn't have to remind you who Death is. No. And I, I hope that this was a nice surprise. I don't know if it would have been in commercials or whatever, but you know, I didn't look at the cast or anything like that. So I came into this episode with very little idea. I just kept thinking, man, if they if they unleash Shadow the Hedgehog, we are in big freaking doo doo. <laughs> and they do, and they freaking uh, do, dude. And, and that's that's possibly a little bit of a spoiler for this episode. They at the end of it, they will release Shadow the Hedgehog. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to thanking our patrons over Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week. They donate some cash to us every single month to support the podcast. Thank you very much. For everything that you do, uh, they you guys get are the MVPs. M- Every single one of you, most valuable player. Pro gamers is all I have to pro say. Gamers. I, don't, I don't care if you've Listen. ever picked up a controller. Pro gamer. Status. You know, you out there, if you're listening in your car, ma'am, mm-hmm. turn to your husband, turn to your sister. Yep, turn <laughs> to your mom, say, who should also be listening. Yes, it just say, you know what? I'm a pro gamer. Pro gamer for life. Don't explain yourself. No. Don't explain yeah. yourself. Um, but thank you. Those people get exclusive podcasts. We're currently doing um, a, a show called Haunted by Ghost, which we're starting to cover the haunting of Hill House. Uh, we also did some stuff on Cowboy Bebop, The Witcher, all of that good stuff. Um, and also, thanks to the patrons for being a little patient with us. We've been kind of under the weather. We talk a lot about that in the outtakes yeah. later in the show. But thank you, thank you very much for everybody being patient patient with us. Couple sloppy boys over here. Just a couple of sloppy boys. Uh, and our latest patron is Aaron. So thank you very much, Aaron. I appreciate. Shout that. out. Shout out to Aaron. There was something I said that I was going to talk about. Oh, um, as a member of our $10 or $20 a month tier, you can recommend us stuff to watch for the show. I just put a post on Patreon um, basically asking because there's a bunch of people that have earned that stuff that I had not notified. So consider this your notification. If you have been <laughs> at that $10 and $20 uh, tier for a few months, you probably have a pick. Come into the Discord, DM us on Twitter or on Patreon. 
um, and come and pick out some stuff. I am I have a whole spreadsheet. I'm keeping keeping track of a bunch of stuff. We already have some excellent recommendations. I think someone's going to make us watch more anime, which I'm not extremely enthusiastic about, but here we are. Uh, we've also got some really cool ones in the hopper too that I'm very excited about. So yeah, check all of that out. Yeah. All right. Um, Chris, it's Jeremy, your time. It's my time. Sum up season 10 for me, man. Oh, man, I, I'm keeping it short and sweet this time around. When he became a demon during the finale of season nine, we thought that Dean had finally gone dark side, but in the end, it took more than just black eyes to finally push him over the edge. While Sam, Cass, and Rowena are finally able to crack the code on the spell that can remove the Mark of Cain, Dean has gone ballistic and becomes perhaps one of the most powerful monsters that Supernatural has ever seen. I wrote this before I watched the episode, so it's not entirely accurate. <laughs> well, but, I know, you know, I, mean, I want I want to just slice slice right into the meat of the issue, which which is Dean. If you if you consider the fact that Dean is unkillable, right, mm-hmm. by any force on earth and as we're going to learn like even death is re- re- is, is is a little reticent to kill this guy i think you're right like that's the scariest monster that could like you're unkillable and also have a thing that makes you go crazy with with rage and lust like that's a bad yeah, combination I, um, I don't think that the steins were necessarily the greatest villains that this show has seen but they were built up to a degree and the way that dean d- just just removed them um <laughs> it just yeah he's he's got he's got the power man so we're covering season 10, episode 23, Brothers Keeper, written by Jeremy Carver, directed by Phil Segrisha. This aired on May 20th, 2015. Supernatural season finale. Dean makes a shocking decision regarding the Mark of Cain that would change not only his life, but Sam's too. Meanwhile, Crowley and Rowena face off and Castiel gets caught in the middle. Ooh. They're really phoning these descriptions. Ain't the first time he's been caught in the middle. You know what I'm, you know saying? What I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So uh, my beautiful, our beautiful flounder. I think, I don't, shout outs to somebody telling us that that's the perfect Castiel fish, by the way. I don't remember who it was now, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cold open. Sam. Uh, well, and, hold on. And carry on my oh, wayward oh. son. They start with oh. the they start with the acapella, oh, oh, oh. dude. Come on. I had to they look it up me. on YouTube, so it's just a distant memory. Uh, <laughs> that's really the only thing that I remember out of it. I um. Yeah, they start they start with the uh, with a musical episode acapella girls choir version of it, and it hits right in the heart. Yep. And then it kicks into the full you know rock version of um carry on my wayward son, and it's you know it's that good montage, it's that good good shit. Um. It was actually really refreshing to watch one of these because it's I haven't seen one all season. Um, I, man, I used to just like look these up on YouTube like for fun. Me like, too. Oh, look yeah, up like absolute, the season four, uh, yeah. so far, whatever. You know, so that good. shit was always great. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's like know. a it's like a um a professional AMV, right? Like a it's like exactly a, a Canon AMV is what it is. Yeah. Um, it's 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 the good shit. And then yeah, so we 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 go we bleed in from there to Sam and Cass. Clearly, they've been unable to contact Dean since uh, the events of last episode where he showed up at the bunker, almost killed Cass, like he flew off the handle. Uh, Sam is sitting there. He's crafting some kind of magic bullets. I believe they're witch-killing bullets. They are witch-killing bullets, get some... what we will learn later. I, I love when the boys make bullets, by the way. I think mm-hmm. this is the second or third time we've seen them like very carefully do this, and I just I love all of the tiny, weird equipment, all of the uh-huh. specialized like holder thing that you have to have. At the end, he starts tapping on that fucker with a hammer, and I'm like, that doesn't it, seem safe. But- it doesn't seem like it's safe or would even do anything, but I love it so much. It's <laughs> but the kind of weird the shit a, that I is, love is a witch, Supernatural. Right? No, so you don't have to worry no. about it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's, yeah, if that thing bursts, you just have to make a new one. It's fine. Verwina's not there. Castiel um, is is concerned because uh, yeah. they they he is concerned about the consequences of removing the mark, and this sets Sam off uh, because 
Nobody can tell him what the consequences are. And he kind of starts yelling at Castiel saying, you know, I'm not going to let my brother destroy himself on a, um, everybody else's guess that something yeah, bad is going to happen. Everybody's guessing that something bad's going to happen. They're guessing correctly. Um, oh, yeah. As we but I do, I do sort of get where Sam's coming from. He's like, nowhere is it written that, that something bad is going to happen. Like, nowhere is it written that Shadow the Hedgehog is going to pop up out of the ground if I do this. So, you know, I'm not going to let Dean die on the chance that we might have to deal with Shadow the Hedgehog after the fact. <laughs> I don't even know what Shadow the Hedgehog is, but I'll kill I it. I barely know it. what it is. I'll kill it fucking dead right now, Castiel. I'll, I'll yeah, fuck. look at these bullets. I'll, I bet there's a hog killing bullet somewhere in here. I'll make it. <laughs> if I'll not, make it. There is definitely a blueprint for what in the bunker. The, yeah. the men of letters have definitely had to deal with Shadow the Hedgehog several times in their career. Why don't you make yourself useful, Castiel? Go find the hog killing bullets, all right? <laughs> Enough. <laughs> Enough, Castiel. I got a lot on my mind. So we cut over to Dean, uh, who is having a very Dean moment. He's passed out on the floor of a shitty hotel room. Um, he wakes up, obviously extremely hungover, and mm-hmm. checks his phone, sees he has tons of messages from Sam and doesn't even look at them, just picks up a warm beer and starts drinking it, and then not even looking in the mirror, but just looking off in the distance and saying, I'm good. I'm good. And yep. Yeah, Dean, it's just, yeah. sounds like you aren't. Sounds like you aren't, in fact. A little not good. Some of those texts that Sam or that Dean isn't checking is Castillo being like, "Hey, Dean, I know you have a lot going on right now, but Sam's being really mean to me, and I don't know why." <laughs> Sam started calling me a fish too, and I'm really upset that it's catching yeah. on with everybody. <laughs> Dean, Dean, who has not been present for any of this, has no idea what the, he's like. Fish? The fuck? What, the what fuck are you talking fish about? talking about? What are you talking about? All right, I'll go with it. Sam's usually good at these inside jokes. I'll just call yeah. him a fish too. Yeah, whatever, fish. So what's he asking you to do? He's trying. He's t- keeps telling me to find hog killing bullets. <laughs> He's like, what? Can't I'll you just use regular? What do you mean? Uh, we get to our splash screen, and then uh, we go to Dean standing over the body of a young girl named Rose McKinley, and she's talking to the cops. And uh, very quickly, we get the idea of like this isn't our normal Dean. I um, like he he kind of insults this the the what basically the teenager to say that mm-hmm. she's dressed like a whore. You can't believe her parents mm-hmm. let her out that way. And the cop bristles at this. The cop is like, you know, I don't know what you guys do, but down here, like, I don't care what she's dressed like. We're going to find who killed her. Um, I, I think he even says he, I don't, I don't care if that's the whore of Babylon. Like we're going to figure it out. And I'm like, they've actually already killed the whore of Babylon. That was like season yeah. six or seven or something. I don't know. <laughs> they probably, yeah, it's, they took care of it. Um, yeah. Dean's being real, real mean. The cop's like, Hey, Hey Dean. I don't know what crawled up your tush today. He probably even <laughs> says something along those lines. But I need you to chill out, okay? Uh, she was a good girl. Sure. Who, who whatever. Um, yeah, Sam's not being himself. Um, well, wouldn't you know it? Dean is not being himself. Yeah. Who, who, I, don't, I don't know who I said, and I don't want you to tell me. Cool. Dean isn't being himself. <laughs> and what do you know? Hunter, fan favorite, Rudy, shows up to help. Biggest surprise of the finale. We yeah, actually, they, we, we finally get to see Rudy and his element solving crimes, hunting people, saving is, things, yes. the, the extended family business. This is what we've been building up to for a while now, and it's great to finally see it in action. Also, beautiful, beautiful eyes on this oh, guy. Dude, like from a mile away. Like Showstoppers. I, dude, I was like, God damn, Rudy, please don't yeah, look at Rudy, me this hard. Please. I might fall in love. I'm, and I'm in an um, established really monogamous relationship, but I don't need this so, in my life. So Rudy is actually the one who called Dean in for help. As we know that Dean, Dean called Rudy last episode. I don't remember why. It doesn't matter. Um, Rudy called the Dean in on this one. Like, yo, I got a case. Let's work it. I think they're all assuming vampires. I don't know when it comes up, but that's kind of what we're working with here. Yeah. Dean, though, even though he was the one who was called in for help, he's like, help. He's like, hey, Rudy, why don't you take a hike? Those baby blues are distracting the shit out of me. 
and I don't need that right now. I need you to I need you to hit the road. Rudy is like, bro, you acting like a freaking bully. <laughs> I mean, he is. He basically implies that Rudy is not a real hunter. After everything we've seen Rudy do. I like, mean, after all of the times that he's helped and saved the boys, Dean is going to do him like this? Dean is really going to do those baby blues like this? I don't know. I don't believe it, dude. I don't believe it. Something's up. Something's up with Dean. I don't know something, what it is. <laughs> something is going on. Almost like Dean is in possession of some magical item that makes him super angry all of the time. Yeah. It's Tom Riddle's diary. Um, so Sam and Cass, they roll up on Rowena. She's still where she's been this whole time in yes. like a warehouse. Uh, Sam's got those witch killing bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not really interested. She's not caving to his threats at this point. Because Sam, he's got that gun out. Sam leads gun first and head first most yes. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is just like, yo, you're going to do this for us or you're, you're going to die. Now, that, that that's just that's how this is going to be. She's like, bro, like, if you kill me, then you can't fucking save your brother. So chill out with that shit. I'm not interested. Fish, get out of here. Go find those hog bullets or whatever. <laughs> Later, flounder. C- Cassiel's in the background just like, what? what? what <laughs> not even in this conversation. What did I do? <laughs> I was playing words with friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love so the, Romina- uh, there's a little bit of camera work here where uh, she's obviously been like threatened by sam to do this and she's like you mm-hmm. know you guys don't have the skills you can't pay the bills your gear yeah. is whack your, i did your, love when she said all that your your, your, your foot stands whack, whack. Foot the stands way you don't whack. even like to smile whack which killing bullets I'm whack. As fuck yeah <laughs> um but there's like a slow camera zoom to her face yes while, while that happens and I, I don't know why but it, like it was just a really intense rowena moment and i know i started season 10 as kind of anti-rowena like uh-huh. you'll remember i have grown to really like rowena in the 23 episodes it's because so. they misused her she was just it, saying that they misused her is maybe not the right term but like she just felt like okay we can see through you being over dramatic and you're trying to manipulate crowley and this is all very just it just doesn't feel like anything but we at least got to know her to some degree so that when they did start utilizing her for real, it's not like she just popped up out of thin air, you know? So I'm glad at least that they tried to do groundwork with her in hindsight, because it makes her um, role in the last few episodes that much more significant because she didn't, you know, she didn't just pop up for the special event that they need her for. She's, she's been here. She been new. Um, so she is now wanting to strike a new bargain with them. It's no longer, okay, kill Crowley and I'll do this. It's, I want my freedom, and when this is done, I want to take the Codex with me. The um, Book of the Damned, whatever. Um, Castiel is like, Sam, this is a mistake. And Sam is like, shut up, fish. You fish. I swear (laughs) to God, Castiel. I swear to God. If I see any more air bubbles out of you, I'm going to slap you upside your fishy head. Castiel, I'll be interested in hearing your opinion when you bring me those hog-killing bullets. (laughs) Get back to the bunker. And stop like, dropping you drove scales. me here stop dropping scales in the car god yeah. damn god um, damn it Christiel. it smells like fish in here we go back to dean who is interviewing the parents of this child uh dean is extraordinarily mean to these people and basically mm-hmm. implies that like their daughter is a slut and accuses them of like he says that the room is full of deceit and beatings or something and like the dad gets up and and punches dean in the face twice and, D- and dean just draws his gun out and was like tell me who did it i know you know tell me who fucking did it i know you this know. this scene is actually it's weird and kind of out of nowhere but the the moment of him uh the dad punching dean and Dean saying, who did this? And then he punches Dean again, and Dean says, who did this? And then he pulls the gun out and is yeah. like, let's get some answers. But I love how Dean, like, it's almost like he's not getting punched. He's just so stone cold about it that he's taking these hits to the face and then just asking very calmly, who did this? Um, it's, 
it doesn't really serve the plot in any way, but it's good characterization for Dean, where he's just in this altered headspace, almost like altered physical space, where like these punches mean nothing to him. Um, and it, it it just it comes across very strongly that that, that yes. Dean Dean's different now. And in the background of the scene, uh, a a small teenager is watching all of this happen. And when Dean leaves, he w- walks over to Dean, and Dean just immediately draws his gun and is like, yeah. "I'm going to shoot you, young teenager." And the guy's like, "Whoa, I'm just a child." He's like, "Whoa, dude, I'm just trying to like, I'm trying to get a, a, a freaking uh, well, I was say friend pass, sure, 3ds. Yeah. What yeah, was that sure. thing called? Yeah, yeah, friend pass. That was it, right? Last pass, friend pass, so, uh, style pass, street pass, street, street, pa- street Whoa, pass. Dude, I'm just trying to get street pass for my Animal Crossing. Can you like chill out? Also, I think I know where my sister was murdered." <laughs> <laughs> And this kid basically says, like, oh, there's some older kids that hang out in the cabin in the woods, and I took my sisters there, and I didn't tell anybody because I was the one that did it. And he's like, okay, cabin in the woods, got it. Yeah. We go over to Rowena, so- who is translating the ingredients mm. needed to break the spell. And the first is something called, I think it's something that it was um, not rejected by, but forbidden by God, but, um, or fit, forbid, made by God, but forbidden to humans which they just immediately put together as the apple from the Garden of Eden, which we'll later learn yeah. that is actually a quince, whatever the fuck a quince is. I don't know. Um, don't at me, quince Twitter, by the way. Don't do not come for us, quince Twitter. <laughs> I will fucking kill you, quince Twitter. I'm not, I'm not afraid of your trees or bushes. I don't give a shit about your list of quince. I did write down what the ingredients were later on in my notes, mm-hmm. so um, I was just trying to dig through and find them, but I, so I'll... I'll, I'll Whatever, yeah. So that's the first one. The second one is what um something uh, that was forbidden the, by God, uh, but made by humans, which is the golden calf that is oh, a false God. idol. Um, and then the third one is something that the uh the spellcaster loves must be sacrificed. I um this is going to be kind of a b plot in all of this of like whether mm-hmm. Rowena is capable of love. What does she actually love? And it it pays off in an interesting way, I think. I but like the, her insistence of like, well, I don't love anything is just kind of hammy and trite for me like i'm not saying that nothing against rowena but it's just kind of like well i'm a witch i'm an evil witch i don't love anything i've only been alive for 300 years yeah but yeah i saw you stroking sam winchester's arm okay yeah even if it was an illusion you're not i'm not buying it (laughs) i see what you i see how the way you look at sam big tall strong dumb i see my own eyes when i in yours all right so i know how you look at sam that didn't make any sense shut up everybody shut up at jg greer shut up tell me R- rowena up. rowena sees in sam like the perfect dumbass apprentice to, and 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 also like fuck buddy right like i'm just yeah, going she's to like he's done so many spells <laughs> he's 900 feet tall and we can you know he's single <laughs> and anti single and he's got big feet which we have seen so i think which that we've that's... seen those feet we've, we've seen, seen those feet, feet. um okay so Castiel so, does not believe that she doesn't love anything and does the angel memory trick, which I'm pretty sure we've seen before. And finds that, that she loves a little Polish boy from 300 years ago. How cute. Yes. Uh, named Oscar. Oscar. Shout out to Oscar. You're uh, a little boy. Um. Sam gets a phone call from Rudy, who's like, Dean is a fucking crazy person, and he insulted me, and I'm never helping you boys again. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, do you have $20? Is, is Rudy's conversation. And Sam's yeah. like, I don't have $20. Tell me where Dean is. Um, <laughs> I love this bit where Sam was like, goes over to Cassiel is like, you have to make this spell happen. Here's some of Dean's hair. And I'm like, where the fuck have you been? Just You might need it. Sam always has a little bit of Dean's hair. And frankly, I think Castiel does too, but do Sam have, doesn't know that. Do you have any of my hair? Yes. Uh, next question. Uh, okay. <laughs> Just moving right past that. All right. Do we not question. have enough time to talk about that? Uh, 
so <laughs> funny. Yeah, Rudy is like, Sam, if you could just Venmo me like 20 so I could get gas and I could just get out of town. <laughs> Your Sam's brother like, took gonna, my car. <laughs> not going to happen, buddy. <laughs> he took my car and just read it off a cliff. It was Sam, big, Sam big John Winchester vibes. <laughs> yeah, Sam gets uh, gets Rudy killed because Rudy was trying to split town if he just could just get a 20. Mm-hmm. And Sam says no. So Rudy's like, well, I guess I got to stick around and work the rest of this case then. <laughs> um. We go to this cabin in the woods. A guy walks out of the thing with like super bloody hands and starts washing his hands. Dean walks up. the The dude uh, drops fangs. I guess I don't know what he fangs yeah, he out. Drops, yeah, he drops. Fangs. He fangs out. Yeah. Um. And just Dean just immediately chops his head off. Kicks his way through the door. Finds Rudy at knife point with another vampire and finds the second girl, which I don't think we bothered to mention who had been kidnapped. Um. All chained up. This leads to a very tense standoff with Rudy begging Dean not to do anything rash and the vampire basically is telling Dean to get away and Dean egging on the vampire saying, you don't have the guts. You're never going to kill that guy. What are you going to do? And eventually it gets to the point where Dean just literally says boo (laughs) and the guy stabs Rudy in the fucking heart. And it's very sad. RIP Um, to a real one, Rudy. Can I get an F in the chat? Can we get an F in the chat for Rudy, please? Real nothing, nothing. Hats off. Hats off to Rudy. Uh, Dean cuts this vampire's head off, doesn't give a shit. He rescues this girl who was like, holy fucking shit. What is wrong with you? You just killed that guy. You just let your friend die. He's like, that That guy, that was a fish. That wasn't my friend. <laughs> it was just a he fish. Learned, he learned that insult from those texts from Castiel. <laughs> She's like, what? It, he was a fish? What do you mean? Dean didn't realize that the fish was specific to Castiel. Now he's calling yeah. everybody a fish during this. He thinks it's just a new thing. He's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'll call people a fish. Um... <laughs> So it's we, really we cut from here to, to Dean and he's looking at his own reflection uh, mm-hmm. in his motel room. And when he looks in, he looks in the mirror. What does he see? Not himself, but a fish. And he's like, he's oh, a fish. This is a little oh flounder God. right there from the movie. Oh, my flounder. God. No. So he starts seeing Rudy. He starts seeing he starts Castiel. seeing his sins, essentially. Yeah. He, he sees he Rudy seeing... dead. He sees Castiel beaten up from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, he, um, see, he sees those still... bloody tissues that he kept leaving in Sam's box to make Sam thought he was he was nutting blood. But it was he actually was Dean this entire the time. time framed the whole time um, deep lore everybody deep, update deep up, lore <laughs> update your update your head cannons yep yep <laughs> uh so yeah this this is these are the pockets of the real dean underneath coming through um he, he has been i mean it's easy to just say oh yeah dean is he's like this now but i i'd like to think that as as soon as the mark was gone this version of dean would disappear like it is as if he is under the effect of a spell I don't think that he is fully culpable for anything that's that's really happening. Um, maybe to an extent, maybe because it it's just a curse and it's not like a um, it's not mind control. But still, I think that what Dean is seeing, obviously he's seeing guilt, he's seeing um, his his actions come through there. But I think that that's this is the real Dean, the real his real consciousness poking through when he looks at his reflection, and he hates it so much that he freaks the heck out and destroys his motel room, which yes. like rude somebody's gonna clean that shit up now or they don't because sam's gonna find this later this is not going to be cleaned up so like maybe the, these, this is such a shitty hotel that they were like okay we're not gonna use that room anymore <laughs> close and lock the door and let's yep. walk away from it yep. uh but yep. he trashes the joint and it's kind of visceral and violent like the sound design work is 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 good enough that i was like hey calm down man like what are you doing yeah uh He's throwing like- tvs and and destroying the beds and all that kind of stuff no need buddy no need dial it down um Dean, so stop. Sam rolls up into town. He goes to the crime scene. He sees, or like the cabin in the woods. He sees the bodies, um, I think, and he sees what's happened here. Um, and that's all. Sam's on the case. Then we cut back over. Well, to- wait. Uh, there's a there's a thing here that I like. Um, 
like when he walks past the girl, the girl is so shaken by this. Like all she can say to the paramedic is like, he just let them die. He just let them die. And then when he walks into the room, the sheriff starts saying, you know, you're, you know, your, your coworker and, or you're, you know, an agent from your force, uh, got in here and somehow his, his, he died. And then the guy went ape shit and cut off the head. But like, as the sheriff is talking and telling Sam this, Sam's head just literally fills with static. Like it just, his voice is drowned out. Like all he can see is that Dean let this dude that they, this extremely close member of the family that we have seen from the last 10 seasons, Rudy, yeah. um, die in this horrible kind of fashion. So his, his mind is just literally just filling with static because he can't accept what he's seeing, which I think is going to like, lead to the stuff that Sam is going to do later in this episode. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> when I think about never seeing those baby blues again, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. Are you sad? Are I was, okay? yeah, I was fake. I was fake crying. Thanks. What? Thank you. That was fake. It sounded just like the way that you cry to me on the phone every night. That's shut up. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Sam, nope, not Sam. Castiel, he goes to a, a very dramatic-looking crossroads, yep. and he does something that we haven't seen in a long time, and he summons Crowley at the crossroads. Um, I mean, Crowley gets summoned, and he's like, who summons anymore? What are you doing? I love um, the, uh, you couldn't have called, and, and Castiel just deadpans, I, I didn't have, have you in my contacts list, and I'm like, yeah, dude, I, yeah. I mean, why would Crowley's you? like, oh, it's probably hard to use a phone with those flippers. <laughs> <laughs> Guess he's like, what? Even you're in on the joke. <laughs> the iPhone screen is not responsive to fish scale. <laughs> to, f- to fish scale, uh, it's just it's too slippery. Um, God, so, have you ever cr- seen those horrible things that you can hang on the wall, and it's like a giant like plastic fish that like wiggles and everything, and you walk by it, and it mm-hmm. just starts like singing stuff mm-hmm. at you, and it starts wiggling all around. Like, what if we bought one of those and just replaced the sound chip with "Hey, don't call me fish, everybody" from Cas- it's just Castiel's voice. <laughs> Like is, uh, is 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 Misha Collins on um, uh, what is that? Not Crackle, whatever website that you can pay Cameo. Is, is Misha uh, Collins yeah, on Cameo? Yeah. Can I get Misha Collins to say I am not a fish? Everybody, yes, please, somebody crowdfund this. Let's make it happen. Oh man, somebody, we're... if you go to a con, can you record him saying this, please? Thank you very much. Thank you um, very much. It would mean a lot to us. Uh, don't do that with your extremely expensive. <laughs> or do, or do you do that? Or do that. <laughs> Uh, so Crowley, he doesn't want to help. Castiel's yeah. like, hey, can you, you, you cause all this shit? You put the mark on Dean. Uh, Crowley's not interested because, you know, um, he's, he's been through a lot. Sam tried to kill him last episode. <laughs> His mom hates him. Um, Castiel starts threatening to destroy Crowley. Um, and now Crowley is just like, eh, I'll help for my own reasons, but I want you to beg me. Um, which Castiel does. Yeah. His boyfriend's um, in trouble. You- yeah, and he's a fish. He's been beat down. He's not too proud to beg anymore. Um, so Crowley, he wants the or, or Castiel wants Crowley to get to the ingredients. Yeah. Um which is gonna be difficult because that, that third one, something yes. that Rowena loves, ain't gonna happen. Um Sam, meanwhile, is cruising through this town that I don't think they ever tell us what it is, and sees an eighteen wheeler that says gamers welcome and screeches to a halt. Yeah, um, and then turns it around, but it's actually just the Impala. So he is he has found Dean's room. He he barges in and finds it completely trashed, and he also finds a note and the keys to the Impala. And the note says, "She's all yours." And that's how we know that Dean is off the reservation, yeah, and probably up to no good. That's probably the scariest thing that that Sam could find, right? Like that's the most damning piece of evidence that like, Oh, think things aren't good. Cause if he's just saying you can have the car, that's not good. Um, 
And then we cut over to Dean with um, just the usual spell components going at it, performing a similar or a familiar spell. At this point, I didn't know what Dean was doing, but I was like, what? I've seen this before. I feel this feels like a thing I know. And sure enough, Dean is in a Mexican restaurant. Juanita's. An abandoned Mexican restaurant. Is that Juanita's? And he is summoning none other than death. And death arrives and immediately looks over and says, oh, is that queso? And we find out that Dean has made an offering. He has homemade taquitos, queso. He made some enchiladas. uh, He made some um, tamales. Like he put a lot, a lot of work into this. Like he made a spread. Um, We've talked about it before, but there's in the supernatural cookbook that I got for my birthday from autumn. Uh, there's actually you can actually there's a recipe for death's enchiladas, which I think is very <laughs> fucking funny. Anyway, uh, but yeah, he's he's here to summon death, and he wants death to kill him. Yeah, uh, he says that, like this is his you know this is his last resort. Um, because it, it's just not good. Situation's just not great. Dean has seen the path that he's going on. He knows he can't be stopped. He knows you know Sam and Cass can't stop him. Um, but death is like, hey, sorry, pal, I can't kill you. Um, and then death starts dropping some lore on us. And also, just I, I like the moment where he's like, and "How do I know that this is even real?" Because you guys have you, the Winchester said burned yeah. me before, and I'm like, "Ouch!" Yeah. You guys yeah. fucked over death and like walked away. <laughs> it's big. It's big. Um, Dean explains that, or death explains, excuse me, that before God or before God created life, rather, there it wasn't that there was nothing. There was darkness. Darkness is not nothing. Um, and that darkness was locked away. Um, he created God being the, he created a mark that was both the lock and the key. And this was trusted to his, uh, one of his most valued lieutenants, aka Lucifer. Uh Oh, um, I actually kind of like this, this little part of it where it's like, okay, let me, I'm going to give it to one of my strongest, most, most capable boys. I'm going to have put the mark on him. Lucifer will lock this down for me. Um, until the mark asserted its own will upon Lucifer. Now, I don't know how I feel necessarily about the retconning of Lucifer being affected by the mark and, and that being what caused him to fall from heaven, but still I was like, okay, this, this is, this is kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. Lucifer had the mark. It caused him to, to go down a dark path. He passed the mark on to Cain, who then passed the mark on to Dean. Um, it can only be removed. This, the, the mark of Cain can only be removed if it is passed on to someone else. Dean obviously refuses to pass on the mark to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so death offers him up a, a different kind of solution. Um, before we get into the solution, <clears throat> I like that death d- doesn't say like the mark can't be removed. Like He could remove the mark, but if he does so, the darkness will be released. And he refuses to do yes. that. Because yes. and he describes the darkness, uh, capital D darkness, by the way, uh, voiced by Mac Patton, like a video game circa two thousand four or five Xbox. Capital, yeah. capital H hog, <laughs> capital capital S hog, S T H. He describes the the darkness as a destructive, amoral force, um, and I, I like that that sentence. I think is very important, like destructive, mm-hmm. amoral. Like God actually, it implies the fact that like God was trying to create something and this thing was preventing him from doing so. And yeah. God described that either it is amoral <clears throat> and um, worked against his designs or it wasn't. And God is lying about it. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that I think that w- hopefully we will get to explore a little bit later. I, 
when it comes to the Lucifer stuff, um, I normally really like that Lucifer's independence from God is what got him in so much trouble. And like he fell mm-hmm. as a choice because he wanted to create a world outside of God's plan, outside of his father's plan. And there's like, I, I've referenced it a million times on this podcast, but like Mike Carey's Vertigo series called Lucifer, like goes into this a lot. It is fucking beautiful. It's great. Go read it. Uh, however, Lucifer and supernatural has always been kind of let's kill everything more mm-hmm. or less. Like he's never, it was always like, let's enslave the world and release the demons and kill everybody. It was never like, I want to be away from God. I don't, unless I'm misremembering and like, tell me if no, I'm I think that's, that's, that's pretty accurate. I mean, he tries to make a case for himself in, and that's mostly just so he can trick Sam into saying yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, Lucifer's whole thing is that he just wants to, he wants to bring about the apocalypse. He wants to wage war on, on Michael and get his revenge essentially. And, and yeah, um, break everything. So I, and I guess I was just responding to your comment about the retcon of like Lucifer being affected by the mark. I actually kind of dig it. Like if that, is yeah, what, no, uh, yeah, I, it, I, it is, it is kind of a cool little like wrinkle to the, uh, to what we already know about him. Yeah. Yeah. So death offers Dean a, another option, a third option. Um, I'm not going to remove the mark, but I can relocate you to somewhere else so you can live forever. You're never going to die, uh, but it will be somewhere off earth. And there will never be a chance that you could kill another human thing again. You will be out of danger to everybody. And Dean's like, fuck yeah, let's do it. I'm into it. Give me off of Earth Prime. Take me to Earth 17 where there are no more people. He calls Sam. This feels like such a bigger sacrifice than just being like, oh, I have to die. This is this is the worst immortality. This is being like this is a vampire cursed immortality, but like starving yourself from blood and never been able to drink. I mean, even in hell, things changed up a little bit, right? Yeah, exactly. This is just like a like an eternity of being a shitty person and knowing that you once were not. Like that's all this is. It sounds like it Uh fucking sucks. Yeah. Um. But Dean is immediately just like, "Yep, okay, I'm into it. Uh, let's do this shit." And he calls Sam. And he calls and Sam. There's some back. And Sam's forth. gonna be a part of this too in a really, really sad way. Um, and he's he says he's done everything. He was he's Dude. he's willing to sacrifice himself. Sam says immediately, like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. And Dean says, "Grab a pen. It's time to say goodbye." And brother, I'm done. Brother, I'm him, done. Him saying what brother, I was like, oh no, oh that hurts my heart. Yeah, brother, um, I'm done. Yeah. So we cut back over to Crowley. He's popped back into the coffee shop that he was in an episode or two ago, um, and he he kills everybody <laughs> instantly. <laughs> Fucking Crowley. I like Crowley as evil now. Thank you for bringing evil Crowley back, everybody. Yeah, or Sam, I should say. Him. We yeah. needed him back. I was tired of like this this weird half Crowley creature yeah. we've had for the last was, for the last twenty three episodes. Yeah. Um so he starts telling this the, the barista who I mean long story short this barista his name is Oscar and he is the little Polish boy uh that that Rowena once loved. Um he essentially Rowena after you know being pursued as a witch at some point in her her life um was taken in by this Polish family where she just she just learned to to love this little boy Oscar um and she gave him or immortality with a with a spell Dope. that like once he he could like grow up to you know reach maturity and then he would stop aging um so, and uh, so it has because we in the last episode we this interaction between what the name tag is seth but the interaction between oscar and crowley i thought crowley was just like trolling around in diners and like seeing if he could make a deal like get some of the old excitement back right like i'm just gonna do something mm-hmm. basic 
uh, but now that it's revealed that this dude is like Rowena's like favorite person in the world and he, she gave him mortality, mortality. Did was Crowley like working on ways to fuck with Rowena even before he had like a reason to fuck with Rowena? You know what I'm saying? I think so. I think so. Yeah. And I know he has a I reason that- to fuck with Rowena. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Rowena sent Sam to kill him. Like, but I like the fact that he was even before he really knew that, like he was like, Oh, cause he it was, he was doing this before he got the message from Sam to go beat Sam. Mm-hmm. So, and I wonder if like, does like Crowley just like come check in on this dude every once in a while? Or, exactly. Like, yeah. Has he, has, has he, he known for a whole, while? Right. He's been trying to dig up dirt on Rowena, whatever, you know? So it, it's interesting, but, um, yeah. So this, this dude is possibly the thing that Rowena loves. Um, cut back to Sam. He's rushing to, to Dean and, um, he he gets in there and he just starts trying to plead with both Dean and Death about you know, let's not do this. And Dean is like, I, at first I almost didn't even follow what they were saying here, but Dean is just like, yeah, for this to work, you have to die, Sam. Um, you know they they fill him in about how you know, the hog will be released if the mark of Cain is removed from mm-hmm. Dean's arm, and they're like, yeah, so. We need to we need to follow through with this plan, and if we leave you alive, Sam, you're going to stop at nothing to bring Dean back and to remove the mark, and we can't have that because it's going to, you know, release the hog onto onto humanity, and that's that's bad. And um, also, like while Death is explaining this, it, he like leans over after he explains all like the real like all of the like on top reasons, and he says, and besides, you didn't show up for our appointment that one time. Like I think Death just mm-hmm. really wants to kill Sam at this point because he really Sam does. is the one that got away, right? He really, really is. It's yeah. super good. Uh, I love that. I love that Death uh-huh. has a, like a fucking grudge against one of the Winchesters. Man, that's so uh, cool. <laughs> it's good shit. Um, so Sam is in here. And he's like, this doesn't even make any sense. And I was like, yeah, kind. I kind of agree. This doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, and Dean just, just cuts him off. He's like, you're acting like a fish and you're being selfish. Yeah. All right. Um, did I call my brother or did I call a fucking flounder in here? No, yeah. I called my brother. What, what is this shit? If I wanted a flounder, I would have called Castiel. Um, he says like, dude, you're being selfish. Like, let me do this and just die. And like, be cool about this. Like, this is the greater good. You know, why can't you see that this is for the greater good? We're literally saving humanity by doing this. Like, don't be a dick about it. And, and also, like, what the fuck, and, and like, dude? I like the fact that he goes into it's like, you remember that that time where we were converting Crowley into a human, and we we're about to close the gates of hell, and I stopped you. You had the right idea. We should have done it. Instead, uh-huh. we let this go on and look at what it's caused. And he caused themselves. Am I? Are we to the the evil conversation yet? But I don't know if we're there yet. We um, we skipped over. There's a quick scene where Crowley brings all the ingredients to Rowena. Yes. Um. And sorry. he's like, "Hey, you're not incapable of love. You're just incapable of loving me." And then he brings in Oscar, and she's like, "Oh, okay, let's do this." And then we cut to Sam saying that, "Yeah, yeah, back in that church in season eight. I will say, like in, in I will what? say, Rowena <laughs> is completely devastated when she sees Oscar. She's she yeah. like she looks like she's about to break the fuck down. But anyway, yeah, back to was, Dean. She was yes. not expecting that. Yeah. So yeah, he says. You were ready to die for the greater good back then, Sam. You were all fine with that. You said that the world was better off without us in it back then. So why not now? What changed? Um, Sam insists that him and Dean are imperfect, but they are good. Kind of like quoting what Bobby told him in his letter, saying, you're a good man, Sam Winchester. Sam is saying that, like, yeah, dude, we do a lot of messed up stuff. But we are good. We have done more harm, or we have done more good than we have harm. Although I, I guess we could argue that. But Foot, let's just pretend. Cita- fix- citation needed on that one, Sam. Yeah, citation needed on that one, Sammy. Um, <laughs> he, he's, you know, they're they're not evil. They're not evil. Um, and I love, the, uh, the, I love that Dean's response to this is, I know what I am, Sam. But who were you when you drove that man to sell his soul, or drove Charlie to get herself killed? 
Like, what mm-hmm. were you what were you doing? Like, look at the damage. He even says, like, evil follows them around and just, like, nuclear explodes everything around them. Yeah. He's, uh, he's really twisting the knife in there. But Sam is like, no, 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 Dean. Like, you aren't evil. I'm not evil. That thing on your on your arm is evil. Dean, you summoned death to stop yourself. How could that be evil? You summoned me here because you wanted help. I am reading through the lines of what you said on the phone. And you could have just gone and killed me or had death come and get me afterwards. You didn't need to call me on the phone and bring me here. And that's why I know that you're secretly, deep down, you are asking for my help. Yes. Um, and Dean says no. And there, there is no other way. And for some <laughs> reason, Sam punches him. <laughs> and then Sam just punches his brother. Because and I don't uh, think it's because he's like, he, I was trying to, it just seems so like kind of out of nowhere. Like he's not angry. Mm-hmm. I think he's just like, I don't know what else to do. Let's just punch each other. Because it's always worked in the past where we one of us loses this fight and we get through to the other one. Maybe that's what this felt like to me. It wasn't like I'm going to beat up Dean. And if I beat him up, then he'll listen to me. It was just like we just I just I have to do something. So I'm just going to punch you. Think about the times of clarity, right, that the the Winchesters have had. And usually it's one of them punching the other one, like going back to the the climactic scene of season five where Lucifer as possessed by Sam is just beating the shit out of Dean where he's bloody and broken against the Impala and, and Dean is using that to get to Sam's humanity, to allow Sam to uh, take, take back control of his body from Sam, from Lucifer. And this feels like Sam knowing that he can't take on Dean at this point in his life, like at, the, at this point in Dean's power, if you will. Uh, and, and, and this, it's not a fight. Like they start fighting, but Dean easily overwhelms the guy and, and basically knocks him to the ground. How he doesn't pass out, how Sam doesn't pass out. I have no idea. I fully expected it, like a, a scene where they, Sam has to pass out and they have to like put smelling salts under his nose and wake him back up or something. That doesn't happen though. Um yeah, it's it's there's also a part of this fight where Sam or Dean is just saying good. Good. I don't remember why. <laughs> oh, cuz he when he hits him he's like good, good. Fight. Like get angry. Yeah. And I'm like okay, Senator Palpatine, calm the fuck yeah. down. <laughs> Senator <laughs> yes. D- Palpatine, if you will. Uh, Palpatine, some, yeah. Someone um, photoshopped that for me. Emperor Palpatine. Um so we pop back over to Rowena and it's just I don't know if she does the sacrifice here. No, not yet. They're just talking about how she didn't love Crowley. I can't care about that right now. There's no. some big shit going on. I, you know, um, what they're trying to show us is that she's continuing to do the spell, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. and she's she's that is still happening. But like, I just want to see more of the Sam and Dean thing because Sam gets knocked down and Dean's standing over him, and and Sam like bloodied and and says, "You'll never ever hear me say that you, the real you, is anything but good." Um, but. You're right, and before you hurt anybody else, you have to be stopped at any cost. And then he kind of sits up and is like, he tells Death, like, do it. And Death walks over and hands Dean his fucking scythe, and I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck is about to happen? Is Dean Winchester about to kill Sam Winchester? Is that what the fuck is about to happen? Jesus. Sam looks up at him with tears in his eyes, uh, and and Dean says, Sammy, (laughs) close your eyes. He doesn't want Sam to look at him, but, but Sam just, you know... He's like, okay, here, before you do this, I want to give you this. He hands over the picture of him and uh, Dean as small children and uh, with Mary. And there's a picture of Dean and Mary. Um, and he tells him, this is a little bit cheesy, but like it's still, it, it, you know, it hits, it hits the mark. He tells him to use these pictures as a reminder when he returns from wherever that is, whatever that means. When he returns to remember love, to remember that they, that they, they had love in their hearts and they loved each other. They had family once. Um, they um they planted these pictures. We see these. The camera scrolls over these pictures when Dean is making. Excuse me, when Sam is making his witch killing bullets. Yes. Um, I I find it interesting that these pictures are of 
Dean and Mary and a, a very young Dean and Sam. Um, and it does not have John Winchester, doesn't have Bobby, doesn't have Ellen or Joe or even Charlie or any of the other people they lost in the, along the way. Like Sam specifically bringing back his mom and saying, like, remember this, like this was the when you were the best in your life and this will lead you back to being good as a super strong statement. And like, mm-hmm. just it, like, I, I feel like it's just like a core to Dean's heart. I remember going back to, I think it was season five or season four where they had to like go to heaven and break through heavens or whatever. Uh-huh. And Dean is counters that his mom and that, that, that like broken way that he was like, mom, I love you after like her, her and John got into a fight. And like, that is just a, such a direct way to Dean's heart that mm-hmm. I don't think Sam's being manipulative or anything. Like he, he just like chose these pictures specifically. Right. Like yeah. he, he I think brought he's these just along with him. I, I, I think Sam's heart is in the right place when he, when he's handing them, he's not trying to trick Dean into exactly. changing his mind at this point. He is saying, like, brother, I want you to have these because you're going to be alone wherever you're going. And one day when you find yourself again, I want you to have these. Um, and we these were in Dean's bedroom. We were reminded of that when the Steins raided the, the bunker and took them out of his bedroom. Um, and then Sam obviously retrieved them from that pile of stuff that they were going to burn and had them at the beginning of this episode. And now he hands them over um, before this moment can go on any longer. Death steps in. And he says, do it or I will. Um, Cause Dean's starting to hesitate. He also says and, like you, the family is the reason that you're doing this, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like death corrupting this thing that Sam is laying out in front of Dean and saying like, you know, you, you were doing this just for the greater good. So other families can live and they don't, you want, you will be apart from yours, but no other family on earth will, um, which is like death being a, a, a tricksy death guy. So I'm kind of uh-huh. into that. Uh-huh. Um, Dean takes a moment, he's thinking about this, and then he says, forgive me. And instead of swinging that scythe at Sam, Dean turns around and he swings Death's scythe at Death himself. What the fuck is this? Dean just killed Death. <laughs> Dean Winchester killed Death. Um, who knew that that's where this episode was going? <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Actually, I did. I, I remember this. But yeah, I love this effect because it looks so hokey and cheesy like he t- he holds the scythe up high and then he twirls around and stabs him like through the side of the chest and the, the, the blade is coming out on the other side of the chest mm-hmm. and death like looks down like what the fuck is this the fuck yeah. did you just do to me yeah. like how dare you and then immediately just crumbles to dust in a very cool cgi effect and i just love that it goes from so corny and kind of campy to so like you immediately go oh fuck it worked like i didn't yeah <laughs> I, I half i didn't know which way it was going to go like either he was death was going to pull the scythe out and be like all right winchester's time now both of you die or whatever or mm-hmm. it's you know some I, sort of weird test like you never know what the hell it's going to be die- death had and, another and trick for, up his sleeve and for right? death just like, to fucking crumble like that's scary mm-hmm. as hell and um the we haven't really talked about this yet the dramatic tension, the dramatic irony, I guess, that's being built up throughout this, because Crowley, Castiel, and Rowena are all very close to performing the spell that's going to remove the Mark of Cain. Meanwhile, um, Dean and, and Death were explaining to Sam why we can't remove the Mark of Cain. So it's just like the, the viewer is aware of the two paths that are diverting right now, <laughs> um, but, but the characters in the show aren't, and that is literally the definition of dramatic irony. Thanks, Chris. But yeah, I just, I love that they were doing that. That's like, holy shit, we're actually going to do this spell. But oh, holy shit, no, we shouldn't do this spell. That's actually bad. Like, that's, that's no good. And the way that, um, and of course, we plotted, want them to like, do the way it this is because, based, he, yeah. like, death collapses into dust. And then we immediately cut to Rowena 
who is like hugging Oscar and telling him that everything's going to be fine. And then just immediately stabs him in the neck and just holds yeah. his head yep. over the fucking bowl while blood just messily squirts in this fucking witch bowl. And I am like here for this shit. It's so messy that Castiel who has had to change Metatron's diapers in his life looks yep. away. That's how you know mm-hmm. the shit is nasty. It's nasty. It's a nasty move. Um, and she's doing that spell. She's doing that spell. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Sam and Dean. Dean helps Sam up, asks him if he's okay, which is, you know, that's that brotherly instinct kicking back in. <laughs> him saying, I think I just killed death. Um, and then before we can go any further with that, Rowena completes the spell and it, it blasts everybody back. We hear a shriek, right? Like this, this omnipotent shriek that seems to just fall out of the sky everywhere. And Sam and Dean are just like, holy shit, what is happening? Lightning starts striking everywhere. Um, well, I and, love this. And, I love that a lightning bolt like shoots up from the spell bolt, spell bowl, and like down onto directly onto Dean's arm, right? Yep. And it where yep. the, right where the mark is, and then the mark disappears, and the lightning bolt goes into the sky. And then when they walk outside, there's lightning starting to strike fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so go ahead. I almost forgot about this scene right here because I'm just like, oh, oh shit, this has implications. Because Rowena has completed the spell. She's now like, I'm taking my shit and I'm leaving. Um, she, she casts a spell on Castiel and Crowley to, to freeze them in place, essentially. And then she mind controls Cass to kill Crowley. Yes. And she makes Castiel like, go feral. And that's where we leave those two. And we see, um, we've seen that spell before. Like We've seen mm-hmm. her do that with those uh, sex workers way back when we were introduced with her, to her. And it's... Yeah fascinating that it works on castiel crowley even says something like you you shouldn't ha- be this powerful and she's like you have never seen a real witch at her full power and yeah because now that she has this book i think she's like now she has access to like yeah true like she's been looking at this book for quite a while now yeah why you would know? why would you leave the book with her unattended what are you doing guys yeah. this is this is a lot rip out the pages you need <laughs> um so the 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 back to sam and dean the you know the sky is crackling like red and purple it's a really cool effect um it's above sam and dean as, the, as they you know they run out and of the mexican restaurant and just this lightning is raining down all around them striking the, the field around them it's a really cool set they're on it looks like they're actually like out on location somewhere which is always great to see um one of them asks what did death call this and the other one says shadow the hedgehog um the, the hog no this is this is the darkness this is the darkness um, and fitting to that these 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 tendrils of darkness start pouring out of the earth and like and these, huge these, demon smoke, right? Like, like yeah. it looks a lot like demon smoke, like going into a body, but there's a whole lot more of it and it's coming from everywhere. And they form into one gigantic shadowy cloud in the shape of none other than you guessed it. Shadow the hedgehog. Um, dun, dun, it's dun. This, this giant, you know, black mass in the sky. Essentially they run for the car. Um, <laughs> they get it stuck in the mud. They get the car stuck. And, like, you know, it's so silly for this to happen to them. I know, but at I the know. same time, we never see shit like this in Supernatural anymore. I like it. Yeah, We're, I don't, I don't like mind they, this at all. They couldn't yeah. escape the danger. You know, an episode to episode basis, the, the most danger they're ever in is Sam is unconscious and they're tied to a chair. But shit like this, like action movie shit, where it's like, oh no, we're trying to escape and we can't do it, used to happen all the time. And having it happen again, it like, you know, I was like, holy shit, the boys are in danger. They can't get away. Like, they're in trouble. Um, the dark we see the darkness swirl like over wash over the, the the landscape like a giant wave almost um and it it crashes over them and they can't do anything about it and the season ends that's it that's it crazy 
it's 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 crazy. It's it's exciting. Um, I obviously I've been making all these Shadow the Hedgehog jokes. I don't know why. Um, no, no. I think I mean we look. We all have our head cannon, and if you were picturing yes. the darkness as the amor destructive amoral force that existed before God made anything else as uh-huh. Shadow the Hedgehog, I think that's okay. In it's fact, basically Sonic the Hedgehog, but I think he has guns. In fact, next week everybody is our feedback episode. Yeah. I think you should get that Shadow the Hedgehog and Supernatural fanfic rolling in. You can put get me that in, rolling in it. You got time. Yeah, yeah. You, you got, got time. time. You got like four days from the time that this yeah. airs. It's plenty of time <laughs> to write some to write some hog yeah. hunk. Fet, hunk hog? Hog hunk? Hog hunk fanfic, hunk. right? Yeah. Get, yeah. get that on AO3. Send us hong, a link. Hong. Hong. No, just hong. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, forget that. Scratch that. Uh, season 10. Season 10. That's it. I really cool. like this episode. Yeah. I, um... I am excited for this new threat, the darkness. Mm-hmm. Supernatural does this thing sometimes where it introduces or it sets up this this grand like villain thing as like this mm-hmm. huge destructive thing, and they don't really show us what it is or anything, and they leave us hanging for a few months from season to season. Um, and, and like that very much feels like what this is. Like I would be yeah. curious if they had an, a, a definitive idea of what the darkness is at this point, or if it's just yeah. something extremely generic and terrifying looking that they can figure out in between the season break. Right. Cause uh, I think they've been hinting for a while um, that when they used, I, I actually thought it would be tied to the book when they used the book to do a spell that would cause something bad to happen. I didn't realize that it was tied to the mark itself, which yeah. makes more sense. It would be the mark. Um, and I like that. I actually, I, the, the lock and key thing. I like all of this lore stuff. I like all of this like mythos that they're building into it. Um, getting supernatural and more and more into its own mythos and away from like, basic ass storytelling mythos i think mm-hmm. is good for it um and it, it all of these all of the characters in this episode chris like acted like actual people and yes. or, or demons or angels or fish um <laughs> nobody nobody felt like they were just like written to do a certain thing and that was it which um, happens a lot unfortunately but um i do yeah. have to question like is was it just that dean couldn't kill sam like he obviously I, had they, no idea what would happen were, when he killed Death. No idea. They were trying to parallel, obviously, what happened in season five, where Sam is about to kill, or Lucifer is about to kill Dean, but Sam is able to overpower it because Dean is there saying, like, I'm here from your brother, like, whatever, we, we can do this. And so Sam overcomes Lucifer as they would have jumped into the, uh, the cage. Or here, it's like Dean is overcoming the mark, and maybe you could even say overcoming his good sense. Um, because not that we want Dean turn, uh, you know, to, to kill his brother and to have to live in immortal hell off in space somewhere, whatever. We don't want that, but that is technically, I guess the right thing to do given the circumstances. Um, I don't know why Dean killed death. I think it was just sort of a like, holy shit. I, I don't want Sam to die. I don't want Sam to die. I, I gotta kill death. And just like a split second spur of the moment decision, not even a, Hey, you know, we're not going to go through with this thing, but just, um, I can't do it. I can't kill Sam and I, I can't let Sam die, uh, which I think is very Dean. I think Dean won out in the end. And I don't know what they would have done had the mark not instantly gone away. Um, that, and that's the other question is like they had the B plot of this episode culminated with the, the mark being removed at exactly the point where they killed death. For all they know, that like, killing death could have removed the mark, right? So mm-hmm, they don't, mm-hmm. they, Dean doesn't know that, doesn't know that like the spell was still in play. Um, Sam maybe has an idea, but doesn't hasn't talked to any of those people. That doesn't know for sure that they did it. Uh, so I'm I'm just it it's a it's a it's a decision, <laughs> and I, it's one that I don't really quite understand. 
Um, I wish, I wish, and I hope they explore this. Like, I hope Dean has like this conversation with Castiel next season. And like, like I was sitting there with this scythe in my hand and I just couldn't do it. And I, 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 I just, I just reacted and I just did it. I just went with it. Um, but overall, this episode was a f- fabulous yeah. finale. And leave I will you with say it, that's, huge, that's probably huge... the weakest part, even though it's fun and, and it's yeah, dramatic. Yeah. It's sort of just like a, wait, what? Because like so much is built up in like five minutes and then it all just gets slashed right back down. Um, and it, it's, it is what it is. Like by the end of it, you're still like, okay, well, all right, let's do this. Like, you know, maybe I wish that almost the entire episode took place in that Mexican restaurant <laughs> where <laughs> we, we were left with our cliffhanger with sam about to track him down in this town and now the entire episode is going to be us learning all of this shit and then the confrontation between sam and dean and then meanwhile the spell is being cast uh as the b plot and i think that just a full episode so you know take out the part where we did like the work the case and had to get the ingredients have that all be taken care of already so that we get more time to spend with this and more time to play with the characters and their emotions and um really weighed the decision it is very weird that uh not only did they bring rudy in for this they also brought in vampires like it's just a weird yeah like like, like there's a dead girl that's named like there i think i even said her name on the crystal and rose are the two girls names they had they had two names kinley right like you know the kid the younger brother was doing street pass there was a character named joe i think it was the one of the girl's father that was the dad yeah that was the dad that punched dean like it's a really weird like thing because it doesn't even necessarily set up anything it just it's an opportunity to show that dean is like further and further off the deep end like he's losing Which more, we, more we, i mean they could have showed him in a destroyed motel room with blood on his hands i would have yeah. been like shit shit he's gone he's lost it but he's totally they, lost they, it. they had to take rudy from us i guess so i mean but yeah overall great episode excited to see what happens next i think i did pretty much have this spoiled for me um I didn't know all the, the fine details, but I remember seeing, and it was actually pretty recently that I saw somebody retweet something that says about, you know, oh, darkness in uh, season 10 or something. I was like, oh, I think, I think that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I wonder if it's like with season six ending where it's like been all over the place and suddenly Leviathans and we'll, we'll start off with Leviathans in, in season seven now where, you know, we didn't really build up to the darkness, although some, it has been hinted at. Something's been hinted at for a little while now. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm excited to see what happens. I just hope that they don't deal with it by like episode five of next season. Like I want them to do something real unless it sucks and then deal with it right away. <laughs> Move on to something better. At the uh, at the end of these episodes, I've taken to um, giving you like the kind of preview line of the, the following episode. Uh-huh. And, and obviously we can't usually because we're doing a feedback episode next week. But the <clears throat> the opening line of season 11, episode one is the Winchesters face their biggest threat ever. So, like, I, I feel like they're just going to immediately pick up where they left off and go, like, right into dealing with. I like when this. they do that. I, I do like too. When they do that. I, really- I think season three and four, they take that big break where um, it's been several months. Dean's been gone for four months. So now Sam has had time to essentially go dark side and get wrapped up. Uh, with ruby i think that's a really great break to take but then season four season five it's like takes place right after where they break the last seal lucifer gets set free and then i think what season five starts with them getting like teleported to a plane or something um it it doesn't matter but it starts like right after that and everybody's like oh shit and then you know we pick up with all the hunters learning that sam winchester let lucifer out of the cage i guess some somehow they find that out i don't know um but i think just when they follow up the finale like instantly so you just like drop us right back into the action that's always a lot of fun 
me too i think it's i think it's a lot of fun um so yeah I, in our feedback episode next week uh we will not only uh talk about your questions and comments and weird fuck mary hunts and read your jeremy fanfic uh we will also discuss our our final thoughts on season 10 um as a whole because i like to have like a a good solid week to kind of think about it uh before mm-hmm. we get into it but as a preview to that overall i think that season 10 was a very strong season uh like yeah um, kind of kind of just really dug uh, all of the stuff that happened uh not that you know don't like that charlie died but it and i and still feel that it's kind of a cheap blow blow but like overall like the season was pretty fucking awesome yeah um ups and downs obviously i've, I've voiced my opinion thus far but I'm, I'm i'm happy i'm i'm coming out more positive on this one than i have been since probably season five so that's that's big yeah absolutely so if you want to write in and tell us how you feel about season 10 if you have a comment or concern about any previous season if you want to give us weird games to play uh the best way to do that is to go to monster of the week cool slash contact uh fill all that out it goes to an email box you can also email us at monster of the week podcast at gmail.com dms on twitter is also a good way to to let us know we do have a phone number. I'm going to try not to dox our listeners again like I did last time I tried this. Um, I think the phone number <laughs> is... Let me just go to settings and just try to figure it out. Hmm. The phone number is 316-530-7498 if you would like to, to call in. Again, that's 316-530-7498. Um, I will endeavor to put your voicemail into the podcast. I can't guarantee that'll happen, especially if you say a bunch of bad words, because only I can guess on this podcast. I don't know if you know that Chris isn't allowed to. He says freaking hell all the time. Yeah, um, sorry. Sorry. Sir, for, Jeremy, you always have to censor me. I'm sorry. That's true. I, um, but thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash monster of the week. We really appreciate it. Um, I, we will be back next week with a feedback episode. And uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Good night. What's going on, Chris? What's up? I just ate some pancakes. It's your boy, Local Bones Nose, from the Local Bones Nose Game Podcast. Tell me more about your pancakes, Chris. Um, <laughs> we got ASMR vibes and gamer vibes going on right now. I'm confused, but my pancakes were pretty good. They were a little cold, but that's okay. That's what happens when you eat old pancakes. Did you put butter on them, Chris? I did! <laughs> What about ASMR Jay's back, I guess. <laughs> Howdy, Chris. Hey, what's up? Hey, there's Jeremy. Just normal ASMR Jeremy Jay here. was just here. Sorry. Had, to, had to shove ASMR Jay out of here. He always likes to get on the mic at inappropriate He time. loves getting on that mic. You, do you have to towel it down after the microphone? Oh, yeah. I, I have a whole different... I, I just do a quick like <clears throat> plug and unplug, because yeah, yeah. He, gets, he gets that that microphone soaked. <laughs> A lot of condensation. Well, I mean, he talks right up on the mic. I mean, he's got—he hey. basically swallows the thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that uh, tweet going yes. around? Pre- yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I almost said that to you yesterday, actually. <laughs>
<laughs> for the listeners out there, there's a tweet going around a video of some cooking show. The guy's like, time to try the batter. And he takes the whisk and just just opens his he mouth as, as large as you've ever seen and just shoves the whole whisk in his mouth straight forward. Uh, it's just Fucking he kind of smirks after like he knows he, what he knows he absolutely knows. <laughs> he was being cute. He was being cute. He knew he knew. He was just trying to get on that Great British Bake Off, and he knows he has to suck Paul Hollywood's dick to do that. That's right. Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do, alright? Chris, it's been a long time since we recorded. What's up? Huh? Yeah. I, uh... You been, you been doing okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, sorry, you cut out for a second there. I'm pretty sure you said it's been a minute since we recorded, but I'm not 100% yeah. sure. I did. Um, yeah. I thought, because I, what I heard was, it's been... Since we recorded, it's and I was been. like, "Oh, we doing a, we doing a, yeah, we doing a fill in the blank so you can go back and uh, fill that information later." I'll just get your uh, stepmom robot to come out and fill in all of the stuff for us to oh, do the yeah. podcast for us. What's her name? Donna. Does it? Donna. Donna. Yeah, it's Donna. It's Donna. Um. um so we haven't Donna. we haven't spoken in a long time. Yeah. Uh. What, what's up with that, bro? What's been going on? You, you don't like me anymore? Is that what it is? You don't like doing That's the podcast? That's pretty, pretty freaking weird. No, when was the last time we recorded? Uh, Tuesday of of the previous week. And a week spoilers, and a day. Yeah. It's been a week and a day, yeah. Mm. Um, That's because Thanksgiving. And before that, you were, well, you were on a work trip before that, but that didn't really have anything to do with it. It was just Thanksgiving. It was mostly just Thanksgiving and and then And then I had a big snowstorm. Yes. Which just kind of, you know, sucked. <laughs> It's, um, but we're back. We're, we're back. back, Adam. It's uh, it's difficult for two guys with full time jobs and a lot of responsibilities to get together and like record podcasts, watch stuff for podcast, and like release podcast on time. And mm-hmm. I get, and I want to talk about this a little bit if you don't mind, Chris. Um, sure. Because I get, I get caught up in that like deadline mentality. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. We have promised some of our patrons that we are going to have an early feed, and it's going to be out on Monday. And sometimes we can't do that. And like when that happens, I get like super, I get a lot of anxiety about it. I get stressed because I feel like people are giving us money for a thing and I'm not providing mm-hmm. that thing to them. And more often than not, when I'll put, I'll go to Patreon and make a post that we're a little bit late, or if I go to the Discord and talk about it, people are like, don't worry, dude, life comes first. We don't really care if the podcast is two days early or not early at all. Like, don't worry about <laughs> They're it. They're like, we don't even care if you fucking record this podcast. We, <laughs> we just hang out with each other now. We, have, we don't even, we don't we don't even like Monster. Anymore. Nobody listens to Monster of the Week anymore. We're just all here to be friends. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, but, and then, like, I'll text you and I'll get, like, not upset, but, like, it's obvious that I have, like, stresses about mm-hmm. this. And you're like, mm-hmm. Jeremy, we have we have been doing this podcast for over three years, and we have never, ever missed an episode, like, that's on our normal schedule. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. That's, a, that's pretty wild, huh? <laughs> that's, I guess I didn't think about that, like, all the way. Like, that's a, that's a lot of, like, consistency. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, we've crazy. watched, I mean, sometimes things panned out differently, but, um, like, we would go a week where we didn't record something because... We recorded two the week before, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, in in theory, we've watched episodes of Supernatural every single week for three years straight. Yes, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's pretty wild. That's that's pretty it's wild. pretty crazy. Like and, I don't, I wonder know, if anybody has done that at this at our schedule. You know what I'm saying? I know. Just done or just even worse, like done one a week. Like we yeah. like we because we started with three and then dripped to two and then went to, to one. So. And I don't want to be you know I don't want to be forward here. I know you're mm. a gentleman, but I have to admit I think I like you more now than I did then. Yeah. After three years, I think we're better friends now. Can you, I think we can. You believe that? Yeah, dude, I can't. We we've, we we were just 
we share a lot on the podcast. We share a lot mm-hmm. not on the podcast, and I think mm. we've become extremely good friends. I've invited mm-hmm. you to my house several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't received a return invitation, which is weird, but I can only it's a, uh, because yeah. I'm not welcome in mm. Boston anymore after that incident. It um, must be in the mail. My yeah, sure. I must yeah. My get your RSVP. girl on that. Get your get your secretary on that for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we uh, it's we do our best, and um, I used to when we, when we started the Patreon, we were so excited about it. We still are. Um, but it felt like anything was possible. And then we realized that there, we still, we still have jobs. Still have jobs. <laughs> like there was a period of time where I was just like, it doesn't matter. I can come home every day and record a podcast. No, it's fine. You can't. And I'm like, I gotta like do stuff. I like, I gotta get gas today. I have to, <laughs> that's going to add another 30 minutes to my commute for some fucking reason. <laughs> that means I get home later. And then also I'm an early dinner eater, which I suppose, you know, that's Jeremy. Yes. I, I eat like, as soon as I get home from work, I usually eat dinner. Um, and that blows my mind every time it happens but and that's how i always was when i when i grew up was like as soon as my parents got home was like like five o'clock five thirty six that window was all right we'll eat dinner um so i know so i think you are like a seven o'clock eight o'clock dinner eater if i'm not mistaken yeah i mean sometimes even eight or nine o'clock we eat late See that's late. That's late as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but because you go to we, you, you go to bed at nine thirty. So I was about I don't to say we, we we balance that by going to bed immediately. <laughs> sometimes I'll do the dishes afterwards, but not all the time. But sometimes I will just eat and then put the dishes in the sink and then go to bed. Like I won't even. Yeah, you wild. Yeah, so I'm on the like, Jess is always like, why do you eat so early? Because um, she's probably like a you know a six or seven o'clock her, herself, and I'm I've always been on the earlier end. Um, so as soon as I come home from from work, I eat dinner and or eat something um because sometimes i gotta wait sometimes i gotta you know order food or do it later you you, know, you never know what's gonna happen but i'll try to eat something otherwise i'll come on here and i'll be bad attitude chris which n- nobody likes bad attitude chris um at local bones nobody wants to see it <laughs> <laughs> so that but it, i don't know where he's even going but then it just it just stretches out then it's suddenly it's it's winter and it's and it's 4 30 p.m but it's pitch black <laughs> and it's like okay, let's do let's do a podcast, and then suddenly it just you know, time gets away from us. It happens. I don't even know where I was going with any of that. I just want to talk well, about it's dinner. Just, I guess yeah, I had pancakes just, for dinner. You, you just had pancakes for dinner. Do I need to bring ASMR J back so we can talk about? <laughs> no, that? no, no, no. I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I just I wanted to mention it because it's I don't think very many people care, and like if they do, like they can you know just send us a DM or whatever, and I will I will talk to you about the things that have been happening in my life if you really want to hear them. But like it's just it's a weird thing where. <laughs> We we do this as a hobby, and then we're like, "Hey, I bet people want to support us on this, so that our hobby could become more of a hobby." And mm-hmm. then it's all of a sudden, my hobby is giving me anxiety and giving me the bad brain. And as you've mentioned, mm-hmm. the bad brain is the guy that comes over to your house and like uses your controllers and leaves them all sticky, and then orders pizza. He gets Cheeto dust all over your PS4 Cheeto- DualShock <laughs> Four controller, and it's this it's, asks- it's a limited edition version that that was only it's, for the twentieth anniversary. It was the twentieth anniversary <laughs> PS4 DualShock controller. He asks, mind if I vape in here? But he's already vaping. He's already vaping. Your dog's, your dog's upset. You're like, bro, not in front of my dog. He ordered a pizza on your iPad with your debit card. And he says, you can have some. <laughs> I don't think. So. I appreciate like, bro. that. <laughs> bro, what are you doing? Why is your pizza order the default on my iPad, bro? What is? What and is why don't I have the strength of will to ask you to leave? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's, it's, it's something that gives me... A, a lot of stress and so i wanted to talk about it because mm-hmm. and not because i'm like trolling for sympathy or anything that's not what this is but i like i like to talk about these kind of things on the podcast because 
either either people are already skipping past this because they don't give a shit and they're waiting yeah. for that next musical cue, <laughs> or like people actually give a shit, like they like the peek behind the curtain. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I don't know, man. Like it's it's one of the pieces of advice that I got from uh, my good friend who runs a successful Patreon when you and I started was like our original like outline for that was crazy like we're going to do all these extra podcasts and and my friend was like dude <clears throat> you really need to think about like all of the work that it does to even to put out an extra one podcast a month mm-hmm. like because like what you said like you go to work eight to ten hours a day with with your commute and then you have mm-hmm. to come home and like watch an hour and a half show uh and make notes on it and then now you have no time left to do like whatever the fuck you want to do with your life now it's go to bed and then get up and then you go to work eight to ten hours and then you podcast and that's mm-hmm two days out of your week <laughs> like right there and it, <laughs> <Yeah>. you're done <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which is it's so it's your your hobby becomes your work uh which is why when people come to me now and they're like should we do a patreon and i'm like man like just make sure that you want to do it because it's it's yeah. so stressful like and i definitely want to do it like my goal with all of this is like to have a lot of fun and to like build this community and to record cool podcasts with chris um but if there's an outside chance that I could like live off of this somehow, like that would be fucking dope. Like that would be the mm-hmm. dream come true. Right. Like mm-hmm. I had somebody over Thanksgiving ask me like, what's your, what's your lottery winning job? Like, what do you do? Like, are you still going to keep your day job? And I was like, fuck no. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not in a million years. I will, I will open a podcast studio and lose money year over year and then <laughs> allow people to come in and record podcasts and spend most of my time recording yep. podcasts. Yep. So, I would record podcasts and write terrible books and I would play video games and I'd be happy. And I would I would pay my good friend student debt off. <laughs> like I would say. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um but, but yeah. yeah, so we're complaining. Uh feel I bad for us. No. Uh I, I, I often remind myself how great of a position that we're in because um I think that regardless of anything, we would still be doing this. Um I would like to think we'd still be doing this. Um but now it's it it it's a helpful motivating factor, even though it gives anxiety. Being being accountable has made this, I think, an easier thing to do. If that makes sense, yeah. Um, like when I did when I did the podcast with my buds, my IRL friends, we would skip episodes all the time, skip weeks, whatever, and then you know, kind of just trickled off because like we're friends in real life, and it's just like if you don't show up, it's like oh whatever, it's catch you later. <laughs> like it's just like your pals. But like when we started this, it, it was like. This is like, okay, this is guys from the internet that I don't know in real life. Like, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to, like, screw them over. And now it's like, okay, we're accountable to people who, who are supporting us. And that, in my head, actually makes it easier for me to, to do the podcast. Because yeah. um, that, you know, motivation is key. Being motivated is always good. So having you as a co-host to, to, you know, keep moving forward with and then to have people supporting us, um, knowing that they want to listen and that they, they care, um, that, that's, that helps a lot. Yeah, it really does. Like the, it does give you, give you a structure and it gives you like a drive. I think once you, cause you want the numbers to go up, right? Like whatever numbers right. that there are, you want them to go up. Like we're, we're gamers, Chris. That's what we do. We level up. <laughs> hey, there's one thing you take away from this entire podcast, all 160 episodes. I want you to know that Jeremy and I, this might come as a surprise, but we're gamers. We're gamers. I almost veered off the interstate today because I was driving in like three, like it had to be like three blocks off the interstate as I'm going over this giant interstate in Baton Rouge. Like I just saw a, an 18 wheeler and it just said gamers welcome. And I was like, I had to do a double take and I, I like veered into the other lane for a second because I was like, what the fuck is that? I, I want to go. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's tough. Yeah, it's man. tough. It's tough being a gamer. People don't realize that. It's a lot of work being a gamer, man. That's the other thing I've been playing. I've been playing. This is this segment. Cue the music. 
Gaming podcast. Um, I've been playing. So I play Jedi Fallen Order, right? Yep. Still on my Star Wars bullshit, and um, I'm riding the wave. You know, if you enjoy something, just go with it. That's what I tell myself. Um, I got a Jedi Knight Two, Jedi Outcast. I just call it Jedi Outcast. 2003 ish, 2002, something like that. Played it on Xbox, but for whatever reason, they ported it to modern consoles. Um, I didn't even know it was on PS4. I just saw that it was on sale on Switch. I was like, oh, this is on Switch? Yeah, I'll play this game. Is this the one that has the PvP thing that people went crazy for? I believe so. Like the I crazy, played, intricate lightsaber PvP stuff that people I did that to in, Dark Souls? In Jedi, I, play, I did it in Jedi Academy, which mm-hmm. is a spinoff, I think. Um, I don't know if that is also in this. I, there could be a multiplayer component, but it's essentially, essentially yes. Um, but yeah, I I must have just rented this game because I don't actually remember ever getting to the part where you get a lightsaber, which I did last night. Um, nope, that's not true. I literally remembered last night. I go, oh yeah, I remember this part. Oh, <laughs> so I never beat this game regardless. <laughs> anyway, I picked it up on Switch. It, it's not the best port. I don't think it was even a good port when it was on Xbox. Okay. Um, but after spending far too long, maybe like eight hours on the first two levels, I can't confirm. I mean, they're like or first two, like, major areas is one that's, like, you're on a ship, or you're on, like, some Imperial, like, base or whatever, and, and the second level, you're in some, like, mining facility. So I did those two. It must I must have a, uh, at least eight hours in this game, because how much time I've spent, like, exploring an area, like, running into stormtroopers, getting killed, like, reloading, doing the same thing over and over again, trial and error, like, trying to figure out puzzles, trying to figure out how to get past enemies, stuff like that, um, playing in, like, uh, first-person mode. First two big levels is don't lightsaber. So you're just running around with, with your blaster, you know, um, taking everybody out. And at first I was like, oh, this is this controls sort of poorly. It's, you know, it's an antiquated game. It doesn't hold up super well. Um, you're playing this on your PS4, by the way. I don't, I'm playing this on switch. On, oh, okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yes. I had no um, idea that was on switch. Wild. Right. Yeah. Um, so doing, doing all this stuff and I'm suffering a lot, but for some reason I just kept reloading my save and just like, all right, let me try again. And and then I would die for the, you know, 10th time on, on some simple encounter because the aiming for me is really, really hard. I actually had to turn the sensitivity down all the way so that I could, like, aim aim the reticle. It's it's clearly meant for mouse and keyboard. In, in on Switch, it feels kind of weird. But once I got used to it, it's like it's like Dark Souls. When you die, oh God, I just realized I'm comparing it to Dark Souls. But yep. it's like that same kind of gameplay loop where when you, when you when you die, you might get really frustrated and turn your console off. But then like 15 minutes later, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I can fucking do it. I could fucking beat that boss right now. I could I could totally do it because your brain wants to keep playing that game. Um, so I would do that with um, Jedi Outcast and I, I would die and, you know, quickly reload my save over and over again. And then eventually I'd quit. And then like 20 minutes later, I'd be like, no, I, I could do it. And every time I went back, like, I would beat that part that I was that I was stuck at. 
And um, yeah, it's just like first person, um, like those old, I don't want to say it's like old, like Wolfenstein or Doom or anything like that, but there is that kind of like first person shooter exploration element to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a lot of fun. And and it really, for whatever reason, I like got kind of like super pulled into it. And now I finally have a lightsaber in that game. So I feel like shit's about to pop the F off. And I think in January or February, they're releasing Jedi Academy, which is a spinoff. And that one I know for sure. I don't know if it's as good or if it's worse or anything like that. But that one I know for sure that I spent a ton of time playing when I was a teenager. So I'm super excited to play that again. I remember playing the those when they were coming out on PC and just mm-hmm. being like blown away. Like that was like shortly after Half-Life, if I remember correctly. And Half-Life kind of like changed that entire genre. Mm-hmm. And playing through the Star Wars game, because the Star Wars games back then were either the side-scrolling things on Super Nintendo, which yep. were fine. They were, you know, they were side-scrolling beat-em-ups and such. You had, they were like, what they were, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there was some arcade stuff that was really dope. And then there was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. And right. I am not an x-wing versus tie fighter guy like i know as a video gamer i should be all into that series but i I don't i can't fly i never understood how to fly the fucking thing like i would just spin (laughs) around in space and shoot stuff and it sucked it was terrible um so that was the first star wars game that i really felt like i was actually in a star wars Mm -hmm. wars world the sounds are perfect yeah exactly like the the music like the score it's all i don't know if it's even just directly from the movies or if it's just like slightly re- rearranged but like the imperial uh march theme plays all the time the force theme plays all the time it's like the greatest hits from star wars are just constantly playing in this game and it feels so fucking cool all the time <laughs> it's uh lucas arts always did a really good job of including those like great sounds and the sound design in all of those games because mm-hmm. very few star wars games come out and you're like oh this isn't star wars i can't tell Right, um, but I'm like I've I've always wanted to go through that like Battlefront campaign. And people kept saying that Same. that's really really great, and it has a uh, what is supposed to be an absolutely incredible VR experience built into it, where you oh, wow. f- fly around on an X wing or something, which sounds incredibly dope. I actually I bought that game for two dollars and downloaded all 120 gigs on it Holy <laughs> with that intention of like I'm going to go play through this, uh, and then something happened and my shit like filled up and I was just, okay, well I, I have to delete this game now and I've never redownloaded yeah. it. So now you need to take six days to redownload it. Now I have to <laughs> plan to not podcast for six days and then mm-hmm. hit the download button. And then, yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I would recommend checking this out. I think, I think it's nine 99 at full price. I got it for like seven bucks or something, but, um, if you, if you're just feeling, feeling the vibes, it is on PS4 as well. So that's, you have options. And like I said, I bounced off it really hard at first, but there was some little little nugget in there that kept me keep coming back to it. And I'm glad that I did, because now I'm, I'm like I'm level three. I got a lightsaber. I got force powers. I'm all in. In the uh, in the week and one day it's been since we have talked, uh, how much Star Wars media have you consumed per day? Too much, sir. Too much. OK, since since we talked, I think I watched Attack of the Clones. I thought you did um, all of the movies. I thought you had. I had no. I watched that. I watched Phantom Menace before we talked last. Okay. Okay. So you, you, okay, Attack um, of the Clones. Okay. Attack of the Clones. Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I watched Solo for the first time. What do you think of Solo? I don't think we talked about that. I actually thought it was great. I, I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. Great time watching that movie because I knew that people didn't really like Solo that much. Yeah. And I knew that um, it, it kind of was like it didn't it didn't do well at the box office or anything like that. So there's just sort of like a negative opinion around it. And I think that that negative opinion was, okay, we're oversaturated. We've had enough. And also people have a very strong attachment to Han Solo. All the dude bros who, who hate Rey from Star Wars, they, they probably, I assume, have a strong attachment. I don't know. That's probably unfair to say. I think people just have a strong attachment to Han Solo. 
Me, however, I was a Luke Skywalker kid. I think Han's cool, but it was like Han's like the older brother to me. I could never be that cool. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind seeing him as like a young whippersnapper. Plus, yeah, like great, you just wanted somebody to look up to and a sister that you could fuck. Like that was all you were looking for in this world. <laughs> Please no. Um <laughs> I, yeah, but I thought Solo was super fun. I thought the soundtrack, again, was, was fantastic. Um, all the actors, the cast was great. That robot was, was really fun. fun. Yeah. Um, the, only thing yeah was, just... the only thing I was disappointed in that movie, which I could not believe it because I am such a huge Donald Glover fan, was him mm-hmm. as... Um... Shit, the guy. Lando Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. <laughs> I just, for some reason, I thought he was... Um kind of checked out of it the whole thing like there were a couple of yeah. cool scenes with him and he's an extremely cool dude and he like nailed the look of lando like he he was that dude but it just like every time for what the times that he was on the screen i just i wasn't sold on his performance which really yeah, i wonder if he's like fucking surprised me if he was trying to like undersell it and not go like too big and i mean i yeah. think they just underused him in the script period also, but, also that yeah um but yeah it, it's it's there were some cool surprises even just like little like random things like uh the bad guy in that movie whose name i don't remember who has that little like vibroblade i don't know what they're called in this and i think in Knights of the Old republic that's what they're called but it's this little like knife with like a red razor edge around it mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's not a lightsaber but it's kind of like that i don't know just seeing stuff like that was was very cool <laughs> and uh also the the little reveal at the end of the movie um which I had heard as a spoiler, but didn't think that it was real. I thought it was a joke. And then I saw it. I was like, oh, word. Okay. <laughs> oh, uh, can't believe that. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to, um, uh, I know you've done a lot of Star Wars digging. I'm really ready to get into the uh, Wookieeverse. Like, not not the website that's called Wookieeverse, because there's one of those. But, like, all of the stuff that I have read about the Wookiees, like, they're, them being enslaved and then freed and all this stuff. Like, I am, I want to see some big screen representation of that. And not just... Grandpa Wookiee jacking it in the to the, the hologram thing from the Christmas special. Um, uh-huh. But I have you ever seen that, by the way? No, I haven't. Thankfully, <laughs> me and Autumn tried to watch it in solidarity because uh, Brian Wade's podcast was still going, and he was doing an episode on it. And I would, I, I just, I could not get more than fifteen minutes into it. It was just execrable. But yeah, there's actually a scene of Grandpa Wookiee, Grandpa, you know, Chewie, just jacking it in the fucking hologram or v- VR thing or whatever. It's fucking nutso. Yeah. Um, oh, what was I gonna say? Sorry. No, no, no. no. <laughs> After I thought of something to say. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I lost my train of thought. Whatever. Um. After Solo. Oh, I've been watching the Clone Wars. Uh. The like the animated show. Okay. I watched... Is that the original Clone Wars? Like the two D. So there style is the two D one. Tartrovsky did. That's supposed to be fucking killer. That I watched when I when when it aired when it was mm-hmm. on because I like watched Cartoon Network back then I was I was a child, um, but no that's I've been watching all the stuff on Disney Plus and that was not on Disney Plus so I've been watching the like the three D animated yeah, one yeah. which so I've just seen a like, bunch of that I've seen a bunch of that that's with the yeah. little kid who like falls in with the mercenary with the rebel group or whatever and I think that might be rebels <laughs> oh well shit I guess I haven't seen Clone Wars then so Clone Wars is Anakin and Obi Wan and. Oh, All the other no, Jedi. I, I haven't seen any of this. Yeah, during the Clone Wars, like before Order sixty six, uh, and Anakin and his like apprentice who hangs out with him, and so in our Discord, somebody was saying how like they're watching it in um, uh, chronological order. I was like, what does that even mean? Because these the episodes are kind of random throughout the Star Wars timeline, but throughout the Clone Wars timeline, where there's stuff in you know season three that takes place before stuff that happens in season one. Because I think it's just a show, it's just a cartoon that you could just watch mm-hmm. whenever it was on. You know, it was airing on Cartoon Network or Disney 
whatever the hell XD, whatever the hell. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it was just I think that's the type of show it was. So I've had it on in the background doing other stuff. Sometimes while I'm playing Jedi Outcast, I've had that on in the background. And it's like surprisingly really decent. I watched the full length like theatrical movie, and that is not very good. It's about Anakin and his apprentice going to save Jabba the Hutt's son because Count Dooku is trying to frame the Jedi. To, it's just like this whole thing. It's like whatever. It doesn't. None of this. None of this matters. And the movie's not that great. But the series itself is a lot of fun, and it shows different planets and and different characters. Like the first episode is about Yoda and and the clone troops that he's with. Um, just in a situation trying to get out of that situation um and there's yeah just little just little moments like that it's it's been fun it's not something that i want to like sit down and be like dedicated to at least not yet i'm still only in season one um but it's it's been a lot of fun i need to i need to check that out i watched a bit, bit of rebels until they brought um thrawn in mm-hmm. and uh, i was actually super excited with thrawn because i had read those the original like yeah. tr- trilogy with that dude um and he's a dope villain he's like a legitimately like cool villain in star wars like i think he holds up to your vaders and your dooku's and all of that guy like i think he's like mm-hmm. a straight fucking cold mercenary killer that's pretty interesting um and they, they were starting to do that stuff when i just, just kind of stopped watching but now that it's all like on disney plus or whatever i'll probably just check it out so have you so have you read any of the new canon thrawn books no, no, nothing. Yeah, I know. I, I know that he, they're relaunching that book, that series, or whatever. But I haven't read. I anything. am. Yeah. yeah, there's there's three Thrawn books out right now, and then they're doing. I don't know if it's a prequel to those Thrawn or a sequel to the to the new ones. He's been reintroduced essentially. It's so it's not the same as Heir to the Empire and all that those. But um, I am probably halfway through the first new Thrawn book by Timothy Zahn. Um. So you know they they got him back. Um. I'm halfway through this. What the fuck this, else was that dude gonna do? Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> halfway through this first book, just called Thrawn, and it's fucking excellent. I'm so into it. Oh, and interesting. I'm like, I'm stoked that they decided to bring this this dude back because um, I read Heir to the Empire, at least most of that book, when I was maybe in middle school. Mm-hmm. So I remember very, very little of it. And that's, a, the that's character... an extremely great age to 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 read that too like yeah, yeah. i came to that very 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 late like i was reading it in my in my 30s i go in like, i mean yeah i'm gonna read it again soon why why is luke that. using the force to explore leia's womb that doesn't seem right but sometimes you gotta do sometimes, sometimes you, you just, just gotta get up in that sister room am i right gotta. i'm gonna uh, stop you right there chief i'm gonna stop you right there just gotta get sometimes up in it. you just gotta you just gotta uh but there's some like really cool luke like throwing his lightsaber around and it comes back to him kind of kind of bullshit action that I i'm excited that, to read that but, um it was a lot of fun yeah so thrawn i'm doing on audiobook and just it, it's great i i honestly really really like it it sets it up as his he's this like gorilla fighter at first because he's been exiled from his people because of a decision that he made um and he gets picked up by the empire this is literally the first chapter he gets picked up by the empire and he decides i'm going to rise through the ranks to to essentially to help his people but Obviously, it's it's going to go far beyond that. Um, and there's some some big reveals, or they felt like me felt to me like big reveals early on in this. And I was like, I'm fucking all in <laughs> on this. The story is going to be kick ass. I'm super excited. Um, and on top of that, I've been reading. So I have one audiobook, and then I'm reading the book of uh, I, I may have said this before, Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, I believe. It's about Obi Wan and Qui Gon right before Phantom Menace. Okay, and it has it has no business being as good as it is nice okay it's like fantastic characterization of these two characters like really diving into their personalities into into dooku um into another jedi who is introduced in this 
and just telling like a pretty solid like political mystery um and i'm i'm having a lot of like i've been burning through this book it's just it's great it's just a fantastic book came out this year awesome we should uh we've been talking for like 30 minutes (laughs) about star wars basically so we should probably actually talk about supernatural the thing that we came here to to talk about do it um I need to delete a bunch of shit on my hard drive. Apparently my hard drive is almost full. Uh-oh. So let's empty this. Yeah, I'm super stoked about Star Wars. How come nobody is recommending we li- we watch the Mandalorian? I don't know. Like, I just sent that Patreon thing out, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that, too, in the main episode. But uh, I sent that Patreon thing, and I, I assume that with all of our Star Wars chatter over late, people would be suggesting Star Wars stuff for us to cover. I think... Um, if you're cool with it, I think I, if you're going to go see the movie opening day and I'm going to go see the movie opening day, I think we should do a podcast about it like that following Monday or something. Um, well, I'm not seeing an opening day, but I am seeing an opening weekend. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Nobody gets yes. it. Yeah. I, uh, I would love to do a podcast about it. Man, I just have a 200 megabyte file on my hard drive that's just menu underscore knowledge. I have no idea what that could possibly be. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think um, do you think we should invite Brian on for that? Or do you want to just do us? I'll tell you what, we will invite Brian if he listens to these outtakes and, and responds to it. But if he's okay. not listening to the podcast, then fuck Brian Wade. I just feel like, you know, you gotta <laughs> and, like honorary if, shout out to the Star Wars guy. And, and yeah, I'll give him a shout out. Like go listen to nobody, his podcast. Nobody nobody at him. Nobody yeah, at no, him. None about of you this. fuckers that know Brian Wade at him, by the way. Just don't I want him do to find out about this organically. I want to see maybe, you know, maybe he just listens to the podcast uh, or to the outtakes. Ab- no, absolutely. Um, if he's if he's caught up on the podcast and he's listening along, then he'll get to be on the, he'll be good to come he'll get talk to be Star on our Rise of Skywalker. He's got three weeks to listen to this yes. oh man not only did we betray him by doing a cowboy bebop which is one of his favorite shows i know, I know. and no yeah not only did he give me all of these excellent star wars book recommendations yeah. but <laughs> he's been your star wars guru not only did i this. slip into his dms to get the scoop on the best star wars novels not only did he not steer me wrong he really he gave me some great great a recommendations but also probably about to record a rise of skywalker podcast without him actually we're gonna do two we're gonna, oh, the yeah. first one you want to do with him without Brian Wade? <laughs> our, no, our first one's going to be all of our theories, and the second one is going to be talking about the movie. Me and uh, <laughs> just just because you give them more more chances to miss out. Me and Gary did a uh, a Vizard's in game prediction episode, uh-huh. and uh, or not a whole episode, but it was like we were doing a feedback episode, so it was just like an extended bit. Um, and it was humongously laughable how wrong we were about everything <laughs> so yeah that would be and the outtakes of one of these episodes before the movie comes out let's do let's do because i haven't finished uh i rewatched the force awakens and i need to watch the last jedi um and i want to watch all of the mandalorian before the show comes out i'm still pretty backed up on that so anyway um okay let's do it let's yeah, just, let's that's uh um all right see you see you soon brian See you soon, Brian Wade. This has been Local Bones Nose Gaming Podcast. Yep. Star Wars Edition. Star Wars Edition. May the Force be with you. Do you think people would think it's funny if I just voice filtered you to sound like Kylo Ren during this entire podcast? No, I, th- I, I think that. Um... Yes. No. Okay. <laughs> Chris? Um, I got Jedi Knight 2 Jedi Outcast. I just call it Jedi Outcast. Hello. Which is a game from like 2002, 2003-ish. It was a PC game. I played it on Xbox. We're um, not recording Thinking Face. Nothing spooky Tom, can happen. I don't know how familiar you are with these games. Jeremy, that's a direct question to you. Oh, oh did I lose you? Oh. Uh,
Okay. Oh, extremely dope. I think my internet crashed. Extremely dope. Um, either Jeremy fucking hates gaming, or he's ignoring me, or he disconnected. I have uh, sent a text in your direction. Perhaps you'll answer it, perhaps you won't. Hello. Hey. <laughs> hey there. I don't uh, know what happened. <laughs> Sorry. You, could you hear me? No, not at all. I thought you had you had you had done the thing. Um, I thought you had left me. I didn't. I was right here the whole time. I'm talking about Kyle Katarn. Kyle Katarn. So uh, just take that back, and I'll edit that to make so, it all look good. Okay. So you've been playing Dark Forces. Is that is that what's that? No, I um. Uh, Jedi Knight. Jedi Knight. Right. I'm, yeah. Weapon of a Jedi Knight. As clumsy or random as a blaster. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age.